Hello and welcome to Caffeinated Cats, a regular podcast featuring students, faculty, and staff exploring Chico State and life around the campus. Hi and welcome to Caffeinated Cats. I am Zach Justice, Interim Director of Faculty Development. Mary Walmark, Student Life and Leadership. Tracy Butts, English Department. Alex Hansen, Music Major. Nice. Let's all take a drink. I do not like that. Oh, that was nice. That's solid good. Are you kidding me? I got coffee. This is fantastic. (laughs) So we, uh, today we are drinking tea and coffee, uh, black tie mojitos. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, why are we drinking those today? Well, well, our thing today is is free speech, and I thought we needed a drink that was complicated. And this, um, what is it, cold brew, iced tea, iced coffee, something mojita, javita, something, (laughs) seemed really complicated in in watching the baristas make it. I mean, I think. So basically, we were just torturing the baristas. I like it. And the other people in line. (laughs) Mostly the other people in line because we had an incredible barista who was like whipping them out. She was was, was top notch. Nice. So, yeah. We also want to thank our sponsor, Common Grounds. Coffee or tea, if it's from Common Grounds, it's good for me. Mm. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. That was something. Yeah. Very well spoken. uh, That's what I got for you today. Um, <laughs> One too many episodes of Mad Men. One too so, many. So why are we talking about free speech today, team? Oy. Because we have been flexing some free speech muscle on campus lately. Yeah. Holy cow. In fact, that's how we met Alex. Alex, you want to talk a little bit about Please do. your performance as the pancake mix man? What, what, oh, what yeah, was going was, on out there? That was a lot of fun. Well, I guess in one way. Um. I remember seeing, I was getting done with class, I think it was a Wednesday, and I, I look out the corner of my eye towards uh, the Trinity Grounds, and I, I saw these huge picket signs, and I was thinking, what in the world is going on? And as I get closer, I hear more yelling, more shouting, and just a lot of tension in the air, and I, I you know, I I saw these, these people dressed up that kind of resembled the Westboro Baptist Church type, and they were just, it wasn't... I don't know. They were saying some hateful stuff. Yeah, they were saying some pretty pretty mean things. So I, I kind of decided to take matters into my own hands, and uh, I figured since they have free speech grounds, I, I figured we all do too. So I took it to my own little twist. And uh, yeah, I uh, comedy is great. Is honestly the best the best uh, weapon against tragedy, and I, I figured it's the best way to, to handle it. So I, I grabbed some. Uh, uh, some pancake mix from home <laughs> and I decided to use it against them as a non sequitur. And it turned out to be even more effective than I was anticipating. It was really nicely done. I wandered out there to you know, get an eyeball on it because our office has some special responsibilities to make sure that everybody gets to flex their free speech. And I came out and I was like, oh, goody, angry preacher. Who doesn't love that guy? Well, nobody. But he was out there and he gathered a pretty good crowd and I saw the signs. But then out of the mists came Alex, who I did not know before this. And he, and he began to preach. 
and he began to preach on pancake mix and the possibility that if you have no pancake mix, you may burn in the fire of the griddle. Yes. So has yeah. has Bisquick contacted you about <laughs> being a new spokesperson? Still waiting for that phone okay. call. All right. Well, I'm yeah. going to put in a good word. I appreciate that. Okay. It, After this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was just perfect, though, because, uh, you know, Alex, I saw the same things you did. I saw people with signs. Uh, honestly, I have seen that group, you know, for years now here on campus. The reaction that our students and that our campus had encountering that group and and in opening that dialogue up because there was some great argument going on, it was the best I have ever seen on our campus. I was extremely proud. Nice. Yeah. So that it's sort of why we're talking about it. The there have been several incidents at CSU Chico even in the last week since well before, well after we decided that this was going to be our our theme for the podcast today. There was what was the pro life group that was on campus? Project Truth. Project Truth. Oh, they, yeah. they were on campus with some pretty graphic images. Yep. Uh, there kind was, of a misnomer. Project there Truth. Too. There was a yeah. preacher guy that um, Alex uh, entertained for a while there, and then just this past week, actually, yeah. the local Republican organization had a free speech wall out in the gauntlet that attracted some attention and. As I'm sure both, most of you are aware, there was a, a a provocative piece published in the opinion pages of the Orion that's generated a a visceral reaction yes. from lots of people and voices of support from others. But it is a, a definitely attracted a lot of attention. That's just here nationally. There have been lots of incidents too that I'm sure that we can get to. But mm-hmm. uh, the boundaries of free speech are have never been. I, it, certainly since my time here, they've never been more debated and more present mm-hmm. in people's lives. Yeah, yeah. A- Absolutely. I mean, in 2014, the campus actually revisited and Academic Senate revisited and they had a working group that rewrote the policy on time, place and manner and freedom ex- of expression on campus. And I um, got to sit in on some of that uh and and I was looking at at that article or that that EM this morning, and at the time that it was written, I remember thinking, why are why are they working on this? This isn't even an issue on campus, right? We weren't really having anything happening in 2014. But man, this past week, I actually I, I've got it sitting here. I've highlighted some things because we've had people asking questions. We've had people who wanted our office to perhaps ban Project Truth. From being on campus, but you know, very expressly, uh, free speech happens whether you like it or not, and so that's really been, and that's really challenging for people. It's and it's certainly it's challenging for for us as professionals, even when we're in a position where you know we need to support that no matter what people are saying. So, yeah. I think there always been challenges to to free speech on campus. I think that it just seems that now we are really. Uh, seeing it much more frequently, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. we, we would often, I shouldn't say often, but we would get, um, you know, complaints from students who perhaps didn't like subject matter in a particular class, right? Um, and w- which would then call into question issues of, of free speech. Um, perhaps we would have the occasional angry preacher or something come to campus. But, you know, certainly lately, it seems like this is much more 
of an occurrence. And we're definitely having to figure out how to navigate right um this this whole issue which is which is very complicated um you know it, it leaves you I'm, i mean i'm often left feeling torn right in terms of, of how i'm supposed to respond to these things especially since we're on a university campus where part of what what, what our, our charge is is to 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 lead by example and to show people particularly students right how we respond to these kinds of challenges, how to construct a counter argument um, and how to protest in a productive and effective way. Um, and yet, at the same time, you also want to provide some kind of protection because whatever it is that you say about speech, we understand that it has the ability to harm right, and to put people in danger. Um, and, and so... Right. I mean, so, so it's, 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 yeah, I'm often like, eh. So, I'm, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Alex. I was saying that, you know, the, the, the nature of free speech, it's, it's a double edged sword in the sense we, you know, everybody is given the ability to, you know, say what they, what they like, what they, how they, what, you know, their thoughts are. But it, it comes to that, uh, that responsibility and obligation of, of, you know, that what defines, you know, free speech versus hate speech in a sense and how it can affect and, and, uh, uh, I guess it could just affect other people around, and with with you know having free speech grounds here on campus, it's it's great to have, um, and it's it's great for the community for the, the the university community itself to equip their students with the necessary tools in order to uh, to handle and and uh, face the uh, free speech or or opposing thoughts and, um, and others. And without that free speech, you know, without having or being able to equip yourself w- with a voice, you know, that's that's where, you know, resorting to physical violence comes into play. And, and, and that's where that's where things do tend to become more harmful. So being able to, uh, I guess, equip and 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 train and teach students how to argue effectively and communicate themselves uh, and uh, effectively is is definitely a, a, a must have. So I want to grab onto something that a thing that Mary and Tracy were talking about as a question for Alex here. So one of the consequences of living in such a politically divisive time and and a social media era is that so many things are public now that historically would have sort of lived and then gone away on a street corner or in the or in the square. And I felt like that was evident with the with the guests here on campus that you interacted with, I didn't see, I, I went out there for a while, but I didn't see your interaction, but then I saw it in a video that was, that was posted online later on. Hi mom. So, <laughs> and then we stalked you on Facebook and found you to it, be a guest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very so, impressed. I, I, that was, I feel like I'm a pretty hard person to find. So good job. Props to you. So it seemed like in that context, you knew you were being recorded. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I saw them, uh, with a, a camera on the side and I knew, you know, they, they had an agenda coming on. They, I, I knew that what they were wanting to find were people arguing with them. They wanted to get some sort of footage and, you know, I, I could say that they, it's a possibility that they would have tried to tamper with that uh, footage and twist it in their own contextual way and paint a bad picture over or whatever sort of image that they want. And they had their own agenda, but I, I figured again, with the nonsensical uh, response to them, I figured that was the, the best way to, I guess, 
just not necessarily say add insult to injury for them, but if there was any footage, they'd have to find a really, you know, hard time trying to find some really clever editing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope they're wizards at final cut. So, and then the follow-up to that is, so people that are in your generation or you, when you're moving through public situations like that, are you just operating under the assumption that someone's always recording? Yeah, I, I think so. That's yeah. a, yeah, that's really I interesting. That I have a thought safe about assumption that. Yeah. perhaps to yeah. Operate yeah. under. Yeah. 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 And then I also wanted to say, grab Are we recording this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Check the lights. <laughs> I also wanted to grab something that uh, Tracy spoke about last time in our podcast with President Gail Hutchinson. Go check it out right after this. Um, <laughs> Shameless. When we were talking about the political divisiveness, one of the things that Tracy shared was that in some ways, the university is a place where people can try out ideas and make mistakes and do so in a lower risk environment than they might face otherwise. And at that time and in that context, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I've always thought about my classrooms as this is a laboratory for ideas. We get to try things out. You get to advocate for things that you wouldn't necessarily advocate with. But my guess is that Roberto, the student who wrote the op-ed piece for the Orion this past week, he probably does not feel like he is in a low-stakes environment at this point. I would agree yeah. with that. I, I think that you know he's getting a lot of heat for his comments, but you know somebody said something one time to me talking about you know sort of free speech and position that. Roberto was in a position where he wasn't standing on a street corner and made a statement. He had a megaphone with a repeater on it, and he made his statement, and it splashed wide and repeated and then grew on social media. So, And, and that is the responsibility that he took as a reporter to write that piece. Yeah. And I think the lesson that he is probably learning right now is to really understand the power and the value of being in that position, that it's not something that you can take lightly. You can't make, uh, you know, a, a, a flip comment or, or attack another organization, which, you know, some would say that he was really attacking GSEC more than even the statistics that he was citing. And GSEC is another organization on campus that has a lot of wide support. And he, you know, chose to go that direction. And now he is uh, learning and understanding what the fallout from that is. See, now I wonder what exactly is he learning, right? I mean, we have a person who, is, who has written an, an opinion column. Right. It is his opinion. And while I do not agree in any way with his opinions, and, and while, you know, he may have addressed that specifically to GSEC as a person who is African American. Mm -hmm. I take tremendous exception, right, to his to his comments about, you know what, uh if if, if we want to talk about issues of poverty in the African American community, go to college. Get a job. Right? I, and so I don't know what bubble Roberto lives in, right? But newsflash, black people have jobs. 
we go to college, right? Particularly if you look at some recent statistics which show that black women um, have been one of the highest groups in terms of getting college education. I believe we still count as black people, um, right? That, that, that there's, that there's a lack of information that is still his opinion, even though it is mm-hmm. ill-informed. And so that he has, in some respects, received this kind of, of backlash for simply stating his opinion I don't know if he's in a headspace to say, to think about what it is that he said and their very harmful and negligent kind of impact, or if he gets caught up more so in the idea that I express my opinion, right? Everybody has an opinion and it's my right to express that opinion. And what makes this even more problematic is that he does have that platform and that scope to reach lots of people. And I'm with you. It is an incredible privilege that comes with a great deal of power. I don't know if he's realized the scope of that power, right? But I don't know if if he's in a place to recognize this. If anything else is that people got upset because I gave an unpopular opinion, Mm -hmm. which happened to be mine. Yeah, the... I, I used to teach a, a course in freedom of speech, and I have really strong opinions about this. And, and you know, one of the things that we talk about, and, and I think is often confused by people in general, and definitely by people in talking heads in mass media, is the difference between free speech and consequence free speech. So, like the First Amendment prohibits the government, and that includes. The university is a state government from creating laws that inhibit freedom of expression. And so that gives people the right to say things, whether they be hateful things that someone might say about a particular group in the square or write an opinion column that uh, that expresses some really unpopular opinions. The Constitution protects your right to say that. It protects it from government intervention. Um, but it doesn't protect you from – other people expressing their opinion in the way that Alex did in a sort of creative counter protest or in a way that the campus community has reacted to Roberto in some ways that reaction has been justified and I think thoughtful and educational. And in some ways that reaction has really showcased a, some of the, I, I, and, and, and for me, some of the worst attributes that, that universities tend to have, which is a sort of that that opinion does not belong here, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I want to entertain things, even things that I find disquieting and even things that I find offensive because I want people to be exposed to that and I want this to be the training ground that Tracy talked about last time. And I don't I don't know. Like I – the – the consequences of that are being, I think, are being felt all around campus. But um, I think it's important that campus is a place where people can try out those ideas. I, I think so too. I, I, I think you know. Again, Roberto tried his out with a megaphone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I want him to get the feedback, and I want him to hear the counter arguments. The other thing I want, because we're an educational institution, is I want whomever advises him because he did that in an official role, mm-hmm. I want that person to help debrief that experience because I don't want uh, anyone to be in a position where they feel like, well, I, I just said my opinion and people just didn't like it and that's just too bad. No, you, you say your opinion and then you hear what other people have to say and then it's your obligation to consider that. See, and right? I think that's where this is important where 
you write a response. Uh-huh. You, you you counter, right? My, my my first reaction to to that piece was to be like, oh my gosh, you know what nonsense, what foolishness, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And to dismiss it. But at that point, I've I've not countered it with, with right. anything like, listen, you're you're just wrong. Let's right, let's look right. at, at let's talk about this. Let's also talk about how data gets skewed. Let's talk about depending upon who is conducting the data is going to determine the narratives that we get from the data. All of those things, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's why, right? I mean, but but that's I think the the thing that that we're supposed to be teaching, and we also yeah. meet people who's like, oh, I was in a really uncomfortable situation, but I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Right. And part of what, what we're supposed to do is, is help students develop that voice. Right. And, 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 and cultivate a language to, to, to counter those sorts of things or figure out how they want to stand. Right. That, that Alex decided I'm going to go home and get my pancake mix. I'm going to come out here and right. And, and I'm just going to spout foolishness in the same way and say, see, this is what it looks like. Right. Right. Um, and, and yet not to, to, to downplay it, because I think that some of the foolishness that does get spotted. And, and I think this is the thing that we can. It is dangerous mm-hmm. and it puts certain groups in, in danger. Right. It jeopardizes their well-being mm-hmm. um, and, and, and their physical safety. And, and, and that's the part where you really where I really struggle with this, because that part makes me want to just shut it down. Like yeah. nobody has time for this. But you yeah, know. don't it's- don't turn your head. Open your mouth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I the in terms of free speech law, you know, the the differentiation point is whether the threat is specific and tangible, right? Like, you know, you can you can go on the street corner and say, I hate this particular group of people and they should all get kicked out of the country, right? Like whether that particular group of people is, you know, redheads or um, all, like all the white men or, or whatever it is, right? It's, like it's blonde's name, Mary, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I who thought. I'm, that's who I'm after. Um, <laughs> but you know, there, the government draws a distinction between that and go get Mary, yeah. right? You know, that's a uh, go get Mary Walmart. She's at this address, you know, like, She's well, our, pro- you know, like there's a there's a distinction between those things. And it's an uncomfortable one lots of times, but yeah. Or let's say you're making a speech in a large open forum, and you say, you know what, we should do, we should punch that guy in the face. Right. Oh, whoops, that was President yeah. Trump yeah. who yeah. said that. My yeah. mistake. Yeah. yeah. I, he's we're still waiting to see if he's going to pay for that guy's bail or help him out with his legal fees. I know. No. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you know, I mean. It's it's interesting to see that behavior modeled in such regrettable ways at yeah. the highest office in the land. Well, and, I, you know, it makes me wonder, too. So this has been such a hot topic recently. And it's 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 I've been thinking a lot about this because our office is getting a lot of requests for us to somehow magically make some of these things stop. Right. For us to not reserve space, for us to send out a notice to campus, for us to not allow, you know, these sort of things to happen. And and of course, we don't have any mechanism to do that. But it's interesting, because we're actually generating more open free speech 
But I wonder, are we generating more open free speech because people want to talk more about these issues? Or are we generating more open free speech because people don't think other people should be allowed to say the things they're saying? And so weirdly, we're getting more discussion in free speech about clamping down on free speech. It's like I'm it's like I'm watching a lizard eat its own tail, you know. One of the interesting things I saw in the um, was I think maybe the Orion article about the the Republican mm-hmm. Student Club of Free Speech Wall is I think that the president of the organization said that they took it down because what they what they realized at the end was that you know if if everyone engages in free speech then it just becomes an echo chamber I think is what he said uh, and I thought well that's that was interesting, and, and I wasn't sure if, if he really thought about what that meant, right? I mean, if we all say exactly what is on our mind at the moment that it's on our mind, um, you know, like, I mean, I, I think if you just think about the kinds of things you put into the atmosphere, the kind of toxicity, and somehow or another, it wasn't that they took it down because what they realized is that it shut down conversation. They shut, they took it down because it was like there were these counter arguments to some of the things that they had put on the wall. Right. Right. And I think that's one of the dangers there is that you don't hear what other people are saying too, when it's just this great free for all. Right. Right. That, that, that there's no, there's no conversation. There's just debate at that point. Alex, do you think that, and I, I hate to put you in the position of speaking for a lot, no lots of students, but like, is your impression that students do feel free to speak out, whether it is in class or, you know, on the first street mall or in the newspaper about things that contrary opinions that they have, beliefs that they hold, or do you think they feel constrained within the institution? Uh, not just within just the the university itself yeah. or mm-hmm. i don't know i coming from my little small department i i don't i don't i think it seems pretty pretty expressive for us but i again i can't really necessarily say you know the same for the for the rest of the community here uh for the student body um but from what i've seen from my own perspective it, it seems rather open i i think it's i don't know i Sorry, I've kind of no, lost my no, train no, there no, for a moment. It's a mess. I'm, so I'm surprised we're this organized at this point in the podcast. <laughs> Talking about collecting all your thoughts, yeah. and now here I yeah. am I trying to do the same. Well, it's hard It's hard because, you know, you necessarily do have to look at it from your own perspective. Right, certainly. Right? You know, your experience, and every student has a different experience on this campus. But, yeah, I mean, it sounds like in your experience right now, you don't feel shut down. And that's part of what helped make you feel free enough to be out there with what I'm calling the pancake revolt. Um, and, and so that's good to know, but it's, I think it's a great question, Zach, about, you know, for other students, how do they feel? And I also think for, uh, faculty and staff, how do they feel? Um, you know, yeah, I, I, mean, I know that, that there are a lot of, let's say, students of color who feel as though they're not free right. to say um, what they're thinking in class or to challenge, let's say, a professor who has used certain language or has made certain claims or, or something to that effect. Um, and I know that particularly, let's say, for for like black women students, there's this fear that if they do speak out, that they'll be read as angry black women. Right. right? And therefore, what they say will be dismissed as simply being, you know, um, the result of, of anger, not having any kind of real merit 
or what have you. And we, we, we often hear students like, well, I don't say anything. And so I often think if, 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 if marginalized groups spoke sometimes as candidly, right, as, yeah. as, 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 as other groups, I think people would be floored. Yeah. Right. And I don't think people imagine the extent to which, right, marginalized groups often um, edit or or modify or or really considerate of the kinds of things that they say. Right. And it's interesting how people hear the things that people say. So, for instance, if I say Black Lives Matter, right, there's always someone who's going to pop up with All Lives Matter. Right. And it's like, what in that statement made you hear and only at the end right. or and only at the begin or at the beginning. Yeah. Like right? why is there a counter is, at all? Right? And, and, and that you will argue, well, no, you're saying it was, I don't know. And I'm getting a little bit off topic, but mod, the pizza place yeah. uh-huh. had um, for teacher appreciation. Um, they, they gave out pizzas to free pizzas to teachers. And it was Amazing. If you went to their Facebook page, you know, there were teachers like, oh, my gosh, thank you. We're tagging other teachers. I get it. And then there were people. Well, what about nurses? <laughs> what about nurses? Really? Nurses work hard. When are you going to do an, an, a nurse appreciation day? Oh, my what about, Lord. What about law enforcement? Give them coffee. What about yeah. this? Right. Like, it was just it, and. And I was just thinking, like, if I was mod, I'd be like, nobody gets anything. Right. Just shut up. Right? But it was amazing. Nurses pay double. Right? And it was like, well, we work 12-hour shifts and we do this. And I thought, like, you're the person who shows up, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the analogy. You show up at, at, at the, the cancer relay for life thing and say, yeah, but what about? You know, yeah. A's or something, right? Yeah. You're that person. George Washington's birthday, they're like, well, Abraham <laughs> Lincoln was president, too. It's amazing. I do want to tag onto that real quick, and then we'll we'll need to wrap that. It, Tracy brings up a critical point in that free speech functions differently for different people, right? Like, um Alex and I are both white men over six feet tall, right? <gasps> yeah. You know, I, I mean, if you hand me a clipboard, I'm pretty sure I could get you enriched uranium by the end of the day. Um, and, like, if I stand out in the quad and say something or get in somebody's face and say – nobody comes up to me and says, don't say that or you can't do that, right? Like, Alex, though he took a, a sort of risk and was exposed, you probably never feel for your safety in that context. Uh, you know, I, no, I maybe <laughs> even though like still, I yeah. was up there, I'm yeah. I still felt rather vulnerable. Okay, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. There was a couple points where I even had some people walking up to me saying, "What you're saying is racist for you know saying you ain't got no pancake." I'm like, where where did you get that? Where did you facilitate <laughs> you that? You said How ain't. Do- <laughs> Only I'm, black I'm, people can say ain't. No, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> I'm from Oklahoma. I'm from the South. I, I wish you could I, see how worried Alex's face was at that moment. You didn't know, but I, I'm going to say it here. Only yeah. black people know. I'm just I like think that. that's in this free speech rule. Yeah, that that's right. I've right highlighted here. it in Article 7. I mean, sometimes I'm in trouble too, with Alex, because so, I say ain't all the time. Sometimes my Southern draw will kick in. Yeah. Sometimes you just need an ain't. I, yes. I grew up in a trailer, and you're required to use ain't. <laughs> Same so, here. Right? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, um, I, I did sure. feel rather vulnerable um, when I was up there. I felt like, you know, there's I'm I'm here. I, I'm, I'm practically a sitting target for someone to just come up to and, to yeah. you know, whether it's a physical, verbal, right. any right. type of mental sort of target. I just I, I was scared up there. And but I just figured, you know, it's still kind of dig down and just still do it nonetheless. But it still it does come with its its uh, its its risks. Yeah. OK, yeah. great. Thank you. Um, 
we're we're running a little bit long today, so I'm hoping that we can skip towards some quick closing thoughts. Okay. Well, I'm going to let Alex off the hook for the impossible question. What? And well, if you've got one, and it's uh, quick. I don't have one. Oh, we have to have one. We thought you had one. Yeah. Well, I just you're killing okay, me. Now, now we're running short. Okay. Um. Hit okay. Let's, 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 let's just let's, do it. Let's go around, and then I'll decide which one I'm going to ask. Okay. Okay. Closing. Well, thoughts. now, of course, my goal is to someday be mistaken for an angry black woman. That's, that's yeah. kind of what I'm going for. So, yeah, I'm ready. I Tracy. don't know. Are, are you ready, though? I'll, I'll do it proud. I'll do I'm it. I'm telling you, there, there's stuff that comes with that. I know. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this thing. Okay. Let's put on a helmet and get in the game. I'm going to shut it down. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I think, you know, it, it is our responsibility to – to, to, to educate our students and to provide them um, with, with the tools, right, to, to to be able to give voice to to their concerns and their frustrations. You know, I, I also think, too, though, right, that, that there have been lots of people who have spent a lot of time, years, decades, <laughs> centuries, right, explaining to folks why some things are not okay. Um, and so I certainly understand uh, Martin Luther King's statement that, right, and, and I'm going to Butcher this, but but riots are the language of the of the unheard, mm-hmm. and that sometimes there becomes a point, right, when language no longer works for you, um, because, right, I mean, I, I, this has not been a, a short history of, of people trying to bring about change and to, you know, articulate concerns and stand up against oppressions. This has been a long thing, and at some point, people are gonna have to listen, right. And I'm not, that's not me advocating violence or anything. I'm just saying that sometimes um, I understand why it happens. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. Sorry. It's- okay, so closing, so impossible oh, question then. There you go. Okay. Oh, um, you can do it. No, you can do it. You <laughs> got do it. it. Let's do this do impossible it. question. With the knowledge that you have now, you get in your time travel machine, you go back to five minutes before you see angry preacher guy out there. What do you do in addition to what you already did? Ooh, this is a good question indeed. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd still definitely be bringing out the pancake mix nonetheless, but I would love to, I don't know. Maybe gluten-free pancake mix? Probably. Yeah. Or it, it, he was really looking for the, the, the Bisquick or mm-hmm. something else other than the brand that I had. Maybe he yeah. just didn't like it, so yeah. go from there. But I, I don't know. I, I, this is one thing I, I would love to still in spite of the the, the nonsensical uh stance that i took I, i'd still i would like to sit and talk with them and and you know free speech is in you know something that we should all have and i I'd, i would like to have an argument with them but probably without a camera uh, and taping this i just to like a actually, real discussion yeah, yeah. a real discussion yeah. instead of a soapbox discussion right. yeah. great next time i think you get those little frozen pancakes and you take real pancake Maybe I should do I that. I felt like a griddle. If you had a griddle and an extension cord. Mm. Oh, that would have been bomb. Well, Powerful. I remember how warm it was. That I figured I could have just put <laughs> it right on the side. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Solar griddle. Um, and I have two closing thoughts. I'm going to cheat a little bit. Um, my one closing thought is we focused on the local. If you want to talk or if you want to hear about the national, I highly recommend the most recent episode of Higher Ed Happy Hour. They do a great job differentiating between the sort of national conversation about productive speech and the national conversation about free speech on campus. There's just pure trolling. Um, so 
I, I would highly recommend that if you want to hear a nuanced conversation about the national conversation. And my last closing thought is I just can't thank you enough for joining us, uh, hopefully more than once this past year for this episode, for this season of Caffeinated Cats. We really look forward to uh, speaking with you again in the fall semester. Thank you so much. And, and, and before you go, let's thank our interns. Um, who, who have carried us through the, these first two years, and, and they've been great. Malcolm and Steve. Malcolm and Steve. Happy graduation to both of them. Yeah. We're going to have a little um, bonus tracks where I talk with Malcolm and Steven for a couple minutes that we're going to post up on the site, too. So if you want to hear from the masters, we'll have them on mm-hmm. there for a couple minutes. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Caffeinated Cats. Don't forget to subscribe and like us on Facebook. I want to thank Stephen Houston and Malcolm Ashton for their production of Caffeinated Cats. Caffeinated Cats is not representative of the views of Chico State Administration, the campus, or any people other than the hosts and guests. See you next time for another exploration of Chico State and life around the Chico campus.